If we know the purpose and reason and mission and what the ultimate goal is and the job and task we're doing, we do it with more passion because we know, hey, if I do this, this is what's going to happen. This is why. This is the reason. When we have mission, we have purpose. Good things happen. And it's no different for a church. When we got together back in January and started being like, how can we reach our goals? What are the things we need to do to make a plan? And it was just simple to us. Man, we need to refocus and repurpose what our mission is as a church. What do we want to accomplish at Whiting Christian Church? And we feel if we, we developed that mission and developed that strategy, we would reach our goals with the power of God. And so our mission is simply this. And you're going to hear this over and over and over again today, and you're going to hear it for weeks and weeks and weeks because we want all of you to know that mission and to live it out. And our mission is simply this, to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. It's simple, it's to the point, and it's biblical. Those are the things we wanted to happen. We as a church, what we want to do is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. That's a short sentence that all of us can remember and say daily and say, hey, what's the mission of Wine Christian Church? Let me tell you, it's to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. This is how it's biblical. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. 2,000 years ago, Jesus told his disciples before he ascended into heaven this task. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Simply put, Jesus told his disciples, go lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. Go make disciples, meaning go evangelize, teach people about Jesus, convert them to Jesus Christ, then teach them my commands, help them grow in their faith. The first people that started God's church had that mission to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus, and that is our mission today as well. Our mission is to lead more people to Jesus. We wanted to refocus, and we feel we have done that with that mission statement. And guys, you know, that, those words on the screen are great. Those are awesome words, but they're just words. What it's going to take to do that is us living it out. It's us buying in to that mission. And if we do, I promise you, lives are going to be changed. People will grow in their faith. People will be led to Jesus Christ. I can honestly say I want to be a part of that. And I hope you this morning saying, I want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of that mission because I've dedicated my life to following Jesus. Buy into it because lives are going to be changed. Now, that mission's great. Like I said, you know, those are great words. That's a great mission. If we do that, it's great. But what a mission does, it gives us that, okay, I know what I'm supposed to do. But like any task or mission or job we do, sometimes we want, well, how? What's the how? How am I supposed to make that happen? We need a plan. We need a strategy. I'm going to tell you guys a story. My wife's going to giggle a lot while I tell this story because she was present when it happened, and she caused me a lot of stress during this story. And back in 2007, I was in college, and I did a thing called camp teams for Ozark Christian College, meaning me and a group of people 
went to other Christian camps and helped out at camps and promoted Ozark Christian College. Well, like anything, we had to do training for it. And a lot of the training we did was to make us frustrated because when you're at camp all summer with junior high and high schoolers and you don't sleep on a comfortable bed, you don't always eat good food, you're away from home, it's going to make you break one time or another throughout the summer. So our instructor tried to break us. And one of the, the things we had to do was we had this, this platform that was four feet by four feet square, and it was this thin piece of wood. And what we had to do is about 16 to 20 people had to stand on it and walk around together five times every time picking up a Frisbee. Now, our instructor didn't tell us how to do this the best way. He had done this before, but he wanted us to figure it out. Well, we're a bunch of late teenagers, early 20s, and we tried to start accomplishing this. And the first 15 to 30 minutes, we're getting nowhere. We've made make it 10 inches every time. And like anybody, most people are starting to get frustrated. And I think this whole process took us four hours. And about an hour, an hour and a half in, I'm really frustrated. Lots of people are really frustrated. My wife's really frustrated, but we didn't start dating until three years later. But Kara's way of dealing with this was just giggling. She would just laugh and laugh. And I'd be like, why are you laughing? This isn't funny. This is terrible. I want to get this done. And <laughs> it's like, Ugh. probably thought to myself, I don't like you whatsoever. So our instructor's like, all right, let's take a break. We sat down for 15 minutes and, you know, we cooled ourselves. And you think he would like maybe give us some help? Nope. He made people blindfolded. People weren't allowed to talk. He just made it worse. But luckily, by the grace of God, and my wife probably wasn't allowed to talk anymore, probably, or giggle anymore, that's why it happened, is we made it around five times picking up. I was the one that picked up the first being The last one I picked it up, it's like I'd won the Super Bowl. I screamed, I cheered, we were all super excited. Now, what would have been way easier if my instructor said, hey, the best way to do this is if you put your arms around each other and you just shuffle really slowly. And we would have done it in 10 minutes. But no. He didn't give us a plan or a strategy how to attempt that goal. And I think you all are aware, when you just try to go, I'm going to go fix my truck. I have no idea how, but I'm just going to start, you know, twisting and taking parts off. And then you realize, I got a bigger mess than I had before. We need a plan. We need a strategy. And we feel that we have come with a plan and a strategy that's going to help us reach our goal of leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Now, these words you've heard before, we've had this for close to five years, but we're repurposing it and, and just helping us to refocus on it. Our mission, or excuse me, our strategy to complete our mission is to be inviting, sharing, and serving. Inviting, sharing, and serving. Now, I'm not an expert on church growth. Never will I ever say that I am. But I believe if we are inviting, sharing, and serving, if we're doing it at a church, we are going to reach people for Jesus. People are going to grow in their faith. More people are going to come to know Jesus. So if we buy into that, good things are going to happen. I want to spend the next moments breaking down each one so we can better understand how we fit into inviting, sharing, and serving, and how we can live that out as a church to reach our mission, to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. First, inviting. Inviting is being outward-focused, meaning we are caring more about others than ourselves. We are evangelizing. We are going out and reaching out to lost people. Luke 19.10, Jesus says this, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Jesus is a person we model our lives after. And Jesus said, I came to save the lost, and so should we. That should be our goal, is we want lost people to come into an understanding of who Jesus is and to give their lives to them, meaning we need to be inviting. We need to be inviting to people, meaning we need to invite people to church. 
Invite people to our life groups. Invite people to VBS, to different church events. Because let's face it, people aren't just going to walk in our doors like, man, I feel like going to church today. I've never been to church in 30 years of my life. No, that might happen, but people need to be invited. People like to be invited. It makes us feel good. It makes us feel cared about. It makes us feel like someone is concerned about us. Years we all like to forget is junior high, right? You guys don't, you, you guys don't, you guys ever went to junior high, right? Because you forgot about it because it was awful and awkward, right? It was for me. In seventh grade, you know, everyone would have these birthday parties. And, and back in seventh grade, you got personal invitations. Well, I was a loser in seventh grade, so feel sorry for me. I never got any invitations, you know. I know, feel bad. It's okay. I never got any invitations. And, you know, I was just like, oh, man, you know. But in eighth grade, people think, that's stupid. I'm just going to say I have a, I'm having a party. Anyone can come. But I was the type of person, why don't I just show up? Like, what if they really don't want me there? And I get there, and they throw eggs at me, and I go home crying, you know. Like, I want to be invited. I remember in eighth grade at basketball practice, my friend Zach comes up to me. His, his best friend Justin was having a party. And he comes at, comes up to me and goes, hey, Justin's having a party this weekend. I know how you like to be personally invited. So, hey, you can come. You're invited. You know, you're welcome to come. And I was like, yeah, I do like to be personally invited because I know that means you want me there. You want me to be a part of. You think I'm going to add fun and excitement, which I do any place I go, obviously. <laughs> we like to be invited because it makes us feel cared about. It makes us feel like someone is thinking about us. If we want to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus, we need to start inviting people to church. If we want people to know who Jesus is, they need to be invited. They need to have someone show the love of Jesus to them and show them that they care. We want to be a church that sees new people coming in our doors every Sunday. Every Sunday, we want to see lots of new people we've never seen before come to know Jesus. If that's not you, if you're like the same old people you see every Sunday and never change, I'm going to be honest, this church isn't for you. If you don't want new people, this church isn't for you. I'm sure there's a churches around that like the way it is, but that's not us. We want to lead more people to Jesus. And I'm pretty positive that most of you sitting here want that same thing too. So we have to be a church that is inviting. You know, how do you do that? What are your action steps? Okay, I'm, I'm, you're out there saying, what do you want me to do, Aaron? We have two things, two very specific things we want people to be doing to live out this inviting. First things first is serve with excellence. Now, we as a church, if we're inviting, we have lots of people who are greeters, work in children's ministry, work on youth ministry on Wednesday night. Anytime you're serving in church, do it with excellence. Because when people walk in the door and say you're a greeter and you're just like, no, Linda Thomas, she did a great job this morning, by the way, greeting. So this is, this is like your whatever. Here you go. Glad you, like, no, like they were like, why would I go back to that church? I felt unloved and cared about. But if we do it with excellence, people are going to be excited to come back because they felt warm and welcome and excited. So anytime you're serving a church, whether it's on here on the stage, back there in the sound booth, back with the kids on Sunday mornings, with the students on Wednesday nights, you're doing it with excellence. You're doing it your best because you want to see people grow and you want to see more people come to Jesus. First action step, serve with excellence. The next thing is, we mentioned there's these cards in your bulletins, and there's two of them. And I'll explain it just a little bit right now. It says, please list three individuals or families you will commit to pray for on a regular basis. What we want you guys to do is over the next 12 months is focus on three individuals or three families that you're going to spend time inviting to church. 
inviting the life group, that you're going to focus on them, that you will hopefully lead them to Jesus. Hopefully in the next 12 months, but maybe it'll take longer. You know, God works on his own time. We believe if you do that, people are going to come to know Jesus. We are going to reach our goals. Invite three people or families into a relationship with Jesus. Every bulletin has two. That means you've got to fill it out twice, and we'll talk more about that later. But that's an easy action step for you to do. It's not easy, per se, to lead someone to Jesus, but it's easy to focus on three people that I'm going to pray about and that I'm going to talk to and I'm going to personally invite to church every week. And will they get annoyed by you? I'm sure, but you love them and you want them to know Jesus, and that's okay. Sometimes people get annoyed at me too, but it's okay, you know. It's not a big deal. Inviting. If we are a church that invites and leads people to Jesus, we're going to reach our goals. So first strategy is inviting. The next strategy is sharing. Now, I'm sure a lot of you have been told over your life it's good to share, especially as kids, it's good to share. We agree to as a church. It's a good thing to be sharing. Sharing is the idea for us is to be internally focused, meaning we want to help each other grow in our faith. We want to develop more mature believers in Jesus Christ. Sharing is where you desire to help each other grow in their faith and to become a more complete follower of Jesus. And for us, sharing has three parts. First is discipleship. That's the first part of sharing. Jesus says to his disciples in Matthew 28, 20, go and make disciples and teach them to obey everything that I have commanded. Meaning, believers need to share our wisdom, our knowledge, and our life experience to help lead new believers and mature believers to grow in a deeper relationship with Jesus. Our desire as a church isn't for just to like, okay, here's Jesus. Okay, I want to give my life to Jesus. All right, you're good. No, we desire for people to grow in their faith so they become more mature and that they can lead people to Jesus as well. That's what we want to happen. More, the more people are growing, the more they're equipped to lead people to Jesus. So we as a church want all believers to find ways to help people grow in their faith. That can be easy as sharing your story. This is what God has done in my life. Here are my life experiences. Maybe you've gone through them, and I can help you get through them because this is what I did. Maybe it's leading a life group. Maybe it's teaching a Sunday school class. Maybe it's teaching kids on Sunday morning. Maybe it's being a part of Encounter and Youth Group on Wednesday nights. People need to be discipled. People need to be mentored. People need someone pouring into them. I've said this countless times. There are people in my life that, that if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be where I am today. I didn't, excuse me, my mom and my dad, Chris, Cody, Bruce, Jason, Rusty, Nick, and Mike, those men and women have poured into me and helped me where I can grow in my relationship with Jesus. Because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be up here preaching to you on this stage right now. That is the truth. It's because of those men and women that I am standing right here, excuse me, I'm only sitting, sitting right here preaching to you. You guys got to pour into each other. You might think, I've only been a Christian for 10 days. So? That's 10 days of wisdom that you can share with somebody. We have to be a church that disciples. And we as a church are, are working diligently as leadership to make plans and steps to help people grow in their faith. So first part of sharing is discipleship. The second is community. Meaning, we want to be a group of people that live life together. Meaning, we do things together. We spend time with each other. We develop relationships with each other so we can develop a team mentality so we can work together to lead more people to Jesus. 
King David said this in Psalm 133, verse 1. How good and pleasant is it when God's people live together in unity. Can't say it any better than that. It is good and pleasing when we live life together, when we work together to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus. God wants us to be united. God wants us to be a community. Do I expect all of us to be best friends? No, I'm not stupid. I'm fully aware that's never going to happen. But we need to work together. We need to build community together so that we can lead more people to Jesus. Meaning, maybe there's someone in this room you got a problem with, and it's, and it's preventing you from leading people to Jesus. What's more important, you staying mad at that person or more people getting to go to heaven? Easy question. More people getting to go to heaven. That's why Jesus prayed for his disciples that night before he died on the cross to say, help them to stay united. Because working together obviously is a lot better than working as an individual. We all understand that. So we have to be a church that's in community with one another. Meaning, we build relationships with each other. Relationships are so important in the life of being a Christian. Relationships. With this card, we want you to be praying about and inviting three people to come to know Jesus. But I think we all understand the best way to develop or to help someone grow in their, or become a follower of Jesus is building a relationship with them. So the action step with community, one of the action steps, there's two of them, is we want you to develop community with three individuals or family. Meaning, those three individuals you're inviting or families, you need to invite them into your homes. Share a meal with them. Do life with them. Go bowling. Go see a movie. But you need to spend time with them, building community. Because when you build a community and relationship, you build a trust. When you have that trust, it's easy for you to say, let me talk to you about Jesus. And they're like, oh, I trust so-and-so. I know they care about me. They're not just here to feed me some nonsense. They care about me as a person. So our action step in community of sharing is we need to build community with three families or of individuals as we're striving to invite them to know and follow Jesus. It's about relationships, guys. If we have relationships with one another, we're going to help each other grow in our faith, and we're going to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus. So for sharing, we have discipleship, community, and the third thing is giving. We want to be a church that's willing to share by giving our times, talents, and resources. Three passages I want to share with you about this. The early church was very good at the giving part. Acts 2.44 says this of the early church. All the, excuse me, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold properties and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Acts 4.32-35 says this about the early church. All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. But they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerful at work in them all that there was no needy person among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it in the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. That's amazing. These early Christians literally sold their possessions just so no one would be in need. That's like us just saying, I'm going to sell my house today because I know so-and-so down the street really needs that money. Or I'm going to sell my car. That's the type of church that God calls us to be. And then Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8 about giving. He says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. 
Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Meaning, Paul's saying, when you give, God's going to take care of you. He's not going to make you filthy rich, no. But God will provide for you when you give out of a cheerful heart and a desire to want to give to help other people. We want to be that type of church that is giving, that cares about people and wants to help meet needs. We find that extremely important. And you know, we hear this a lot. We should give because God gives so much to us. And that's true. We should. God provides for us in so many ways. But I don't want us just to give because God gives to us. I want us to want to give because we'll see what great things can happen from us giving. Some amazing things happen when people give out of the the little amount they have or the abundance they have. It helps so much the kingdom of God and leading people in a growing relationship with Jesus when we have a desire to give. We as a, a church want to be a church that is able to share the resources we have. And the action step that we have for you guys this morning is simple as this. Increase giving by 2%, or if you're not giving at all, start giving 2%. Now, we're not saying that because the church needs money and, and we can't pay our bills. That's not the case. As we believe if we increase our giving, more and more people will be led to Jesus Christ. We'll have more resources to do more great things for people to grow in their faith and for people to come to know Jesus. 2%. That's $2 out of $100. It's a small amount that we all can do. And I know for some of us, times are tough. But man, but when we have faith in God and rely on him to give, he is going to bless us. He is going to provide for you to pay your bills, to provide for your kids and your family. So we need to be a church that shares through giving. So we want to be a church that leads people in a growing relationship with Jesus through inviting and sharing. We want a people who live out our faith, that we show by our actions that we are followers of Jesus. And that's why our third strategy is so important, so important is we want to be a church that is serving. Serving is the extension of the body of Christ. It is our outward display of our beliefs in Jesus Christ. If you aren't serving, you aren't living out your faith. Simple as that. If your actions do not show that you love Jesus, you're not really following Jesus. And one of the best ways we can show that we follow Jesus is by serving. And Scripture tells us to serve. Paul writes this in Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You and I were created to serve. That's what Paul says right there. God created us to do good works. We must serve. James, the brother of Jesus, says this in chapter 2, verse 18 of James and verse 26. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. James makes it clear, if you have faith in Jesus, your actions need to show that. When we have faith, our deeds display that we love and follow Jesus. Basically, we need to serve. We need to make every effort to love God and love people by serving. We want to be a church that serves. We want to be a church that cares about people. And we as a church feel that we can serve in three ways. We want to be a church that serves the people inside the church. First, we want to serve the church. Next, we want to serve the community. And third, we want to serve globally. So first, let's talk about serving inside the church. If we want to 
help people grow, we have to serve inside our church, meaning we have to do what we can to serve the people of this church, serving on a Sunday morning, serving on a Wednesday night, serving at an event. There's lots of ways to serve in our church. And we as our leadership are going to be developing things in the next coming months of giving you plenty of information on ways you can serve and then making a point to give you the proper training and the proper understanding why we want you to serve in that area. Because we agree, if we just tell you to serve and you don't know why, it's pointless. We want you to understand if you serve on a Wednesday night and encounter that you're serving so that you can help teenagers grow in a relationship with Jesus. If you're serving on a Wednesday morning through greeting, we want you to understand that you're doing that so people feel welcome and loved and cared about so that they want to continue being a part of church. We want to give you the vision and training you properly need to serve. Next, we want to serve our community. If we're not involved in our community, we're not going to lead anybody to Jesus. If we are not involved in reaching out to the people of our community, we're not being the light that God calls us to be. A lot of you are involved in your community in lots of different ways, and that's awesome. Continue to do that. Continue to find ways to serve in your community. And we as a church going forward are going to make, make priorities to find ways that we can serve our community, like Fourth of July weekend and other places like that where we can serve people. Because, guys, we'll lead people to Jesus if we serve the people in our community that are not a part of this church. And third, we want to serve globally. One of the ways we serve globally at our church is there's a number of missions. Our mission board back there displays who we, who we support. We serve a number of missions financially, and that's a great way we can serve them by helping them have the financial needs they need to do ministry. But we as a church don't just want to help them financially. We as a church want to go out and serve those places physically. This church has gone out and served. We have served in Honduras. We have served in St. Vincent. We have served around the United States in different cities like Tulsa, Chicago, and St. Louis. We want to be a church that helps our other brothers, and Christers, other brothers and sisters in Christ lead people in the growing relationships with Jesus. When we serve, we live out our faith, and we show people the hands and feet of Jesus, meaning we physically serve. That's a lot of information, and it's really important information. It's great information, and it's stuff that is important to me, and is important to our leadership, and we want it to be important to you. Our mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And we feel we can do that the best by inviting, sharing, and serving. The question is, do you want to be a part of it? Do you want to say, I'm a part of this church, and my mission is to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus, and I'm going to do it through inviting, sharing, and serving? Do you want to be a part of that? Is that something you feel is what God calls you to do? Because we feel as a leadership, that is what God is calling this church to do. We want every one of you to be a part of it. We want every one of you to say, I'm going to step up and I'm going to do those things. I am going to be the person that God calls me to be. Because just sitting and waiting for someone else to do it is not going to work. And I wholeheartedly believe this. I believe it with everything I have that if we are making our lives about living out that mission, we're going to reach our goals. This place is going to be packed. That every Sunday, that baptistry is going to be filled with people baptizing them. People are going to be waiting in line to get into the baptistry. I want to see that. I literally want to see that happen. And if you don't want to see that happen, this isn't the church for you. But I know right now in my heart that a lot of you are saying, man, I'm getting excited. I want to be a part of that. I want to be the Christian that God calls me to be. I want to be a part of the church that God calls me to be. 
Let's be people that lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And let's do it through inviting, sharing, and serving. Josh and the band are going to come up, and, and during that time, I want you guys to get these cards out. And I want you to spend time praying and thinking about who are three individuals, three families, maybe you got more, that's great, that I need to be praying about and in, inviting and building relationships with so that they can come to know Jesus. Because think about this. There's maybe 150 of us in here. If we all do three people, I'm terrible at math right now, and I'm not going to try to do that, but that's a lot of people. That's a lot. That's 450 more people coming into our church. If every one of those people, we're going to have to build a new building if that happens or have a lot more services, and that's an exciting thing to think about. So spend this time praying and thinking about who are the people I need to be inviting, I need to be praying about. Fill it out on both cards because what we're going to do is one is for you. One is for you to keep and to be reminded every day I need to be praying for these people and inviting these people and building a relationship with them. The second, as you leave, you're going to be putting it in a box. And it's not for us to look and read and then to call you and say, hey, are you doing this? It's for us to spend time on Sunday mornings praying over those people, praying for them as a group to say, man, we want to see these people come to know Jesus. So one is for you, and one is we're going to collect as a group so we can be reminded on a weekly basis to pray and to think for those people. Guys, today's an exciting day for me, and I know it's exciting for a lot of you too. I want you to understand, if, if you want to live out your faith, if you want to see Jesus made known to the world. Let's live out that great commission Jesus told his disciples so long ago. Because they did it, and more and more people did it, and it shows because we are here today still worshiping God and serving Jesus. Please don't let this day go by and not be inspired to live out your faith more boldly. To live out your life for Christ in such a way that you lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Because that is what it's about. Simple as that. God, thank you so much for this morning. And thank you so much for the scriptures that we have that inspire us, that teach us and train us to be people that have a mission to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. As we spend this time now praying and thinking about who are the people that we need to invite, that we need to build a relationship, put those people on our hearts. And help us to, to find ways to invite and to build community and relationships with those people. God, thank you for Jesus. And thank you for the inspiration that he gave us through dying on the cross for our sins. Help us to be inspired every day by that love and that grace. It's your son's name I pray. Amen.